Today's podcast is brought to you by my number one choice in tires, Pirelli. And since I used to be a race car driver, I know a thing or two about tires. The iconic tire brand is known for its long tradition of innovation, advanced technologies, and high-quality products. Pirelli recently added the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3 to its American range. Developed to go the distance, it comes with a 70,000-mile treadwear warranty. Choose more mileage, more comfort, more control with the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3. Ask your local dealer for a tune-up. Trust me, I'm a driver. Both of our personalities, we like to do things our way. Um, but we also are very aware that ego and greed would be our biggest downfall. So we really hold on to needing to be right or wanting to be right too much. So I think the thing we've done really well so far and we continue to do is just we always look for what's right. So if it's my idea, Kevin's idea, someone else is on the team, we welcome disagreements and we love to argue with each other because we get better outcomes from it all. Um, I think the thing we do really well is we just look for what makes sense and what seems right versus, oh, I need to hold on to this opinion because it was my own. So is there a process? Did you, is there a process to a disagreement? Yeah, it's very organic. And I think to Matt's point, like we, we encourage principled disagreement uh, amongst the team. You know, for I think the magic kind of happens in the middle of, of that. And it just I think it's from our athletic background, just it being kind of innate and growth in us. Um, and it's kind of transferred and come through a theme too. This podcast exists because I love talking to people and I love going deep. The purpose is to plant seeds of inspiration. We enter a space of vulnerability and relatability. And what you realize is that we are so much more alike than we are different. To quote Ramdas, we're all just walking each other home. And the show is just one step. I'm Danica Patrick and I'm pretty intense. Today on the show are a couple of friends, uh, Matt Lombardi and Kevin Moran. They started a company called Beam, which is a company that I have invested into as well as promote. And we've become friends. And I just thought they would be such an interesting interview from a business entrepreneurial standpoint and startup in particular. We talked about what makes it hard. And, and, and I'm, I'm saying that because most of it is hard at this point in time. What we also talked about was the, their mindset and where they came from and how it's just almost being repeated in a different platform. So they both were athletes, hockey and baseball, and very good. And then when those careers ended, they both felt like they just wanted to excel at something else. And so uh, here comes Beam. And so they work together really well. They're building a big team. They just had their first retreat where everyone got together and, you know, they were able to build the rapport and, and they're really, really building this huge company. They just have really great nuggets about what it takes to be successful. The fact that it's not all glitz and glam, that there's a lot of, you know, elbow grease and a lot of sweat that goes into it. It's about having a vision and it's about having the mindset to get around it. And then we talked also about their own mental health and just what it takes for them to stay balanced. Uh, and of course, then how they take care of the, all their employees. Great friends, amazing product. Enjoy the episode. So uh, you started off by saying that you bicker a lot. What do you bicker about? <laughs> what is there? Uh, Pretty much everything. What is there not um, to bicker about? Pretty much any <laughs> idea, strategy, professional life, personal life related things. We lunch, lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Running a business together is 
I mean, it's hard when there's not just like one person that's the dictator and having two people, it's, you know, I'm sure it can be a little challenging. Was there times where it was more challenging than it is now? Or would you say that it's always kind of this ongoing process of like, I, it's a saying that someone I follow, new level, new devil, like you guys, as you continue to grow, new problems crop up. So therefore new, new reasons to bicker crop up. Is it true? Is the trajectory getting better? Or is it just kind of the way it goes when you're running a big business and you've got two smart guys with a lot of ambition? We're not that smart. Um, <laughs> uh, my response, that would be both of our personalities. We like to do things our way. Um, but we also are very aware that ego and greed would be our biggest downfall. So we really hold on to needing to be right or wanting to be right too much. So I think the thing we've done really well so far and we continue to do is just we always look for what's right. So if it's my idea, Kevin's idea, someone else is on the team, we welcome disagreements and we love to argue with each other because we get better outcomes from it all. Um, I think the thing we do really well is we just look for what makes sense and what seems right versus, oh, I need to hold on to this opinion because it was my own. So is there a process? Did you, is there a process to a disagreement? There's just a lot. Honestly, I've always wondered that too. It's really, um, organic. there's really not yet. It's very organic. And I think to Matt's point, like we, we encourage principled disagreement uh, amongst the team, you know, for, I think the magic kind of happens in the middle of, of that. Um, and it just, I think it's from our athletic background, just it being kind of innate and growth in us. Um, and it's kind of transferred and come through a theme too. Well, that gets back to the, what I was actually thinking is that, of course, I've known you guys for years and, um, you know, we, I would call us friends, um, but I don't know how you guys met. About 10 years ago. So we went to Boston <laughs> College together. Um, Kevin played baseball at BC, as you know, I played hockey at BC and I guess we met, we had a few classes together. Um, we joke, I think there's a few professors that would find it <laughs> we have a hello i won't have I won't, I, we can't tell you the story but why not it's just us because it's really embarrassing because if some of our other investors might listen to this and yeah. uh, and uh <laughs> that, that could that could be the end uh we did a i'll just put it to you like this we did a very 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 poor job in front of uh, a group of people uh in a group project and i've done a lot of embarrassing things in my life and that still is top of the list for most mortifying it's um <laughs> Was it so you connected on this very embarrassing thing or you did it together? Yeah, the, I guess this really is how we really met. I mean, we've seen each other just, you know, in the athletic weight room in the locker rooms and stuff like that. We were that. really but, friends though in college for very much. Yeah, yeah, but somehow we wound up in a marketing class together. We ended up in a group together. So there's a few of my teammates, a couple of Kevin's teammates. We were entering playoffs. Their season was just starting. So they were traveling up and down the coast. We were, you know, heading to the final stretch of our season this project really wasn't top of mind for either of us. And the whole semester, the whole thing was based on helping a business with whatever it is. I think we got paired up with the insurance company and we're supposed to just essentially be like free interns. We never communicated at all to that company. Um, and we showed up on the presentation day and we played a clip from the an office. Well, I remember, hold on, one guy on the baseball team, we met the day before. He's just like, okay, I got this. I know what we're going to do. Like, oh, great. I thought I was going to be here for a few hours coming for this. So we show up. And he plays a video clip of the office and there's like four or five of us. And we just, it, this is like a, I don't know, like a marketing, uh, yeah, stadium seating in the class. So he plays a, a clip of the office and we all this, it ends and we stare at each other. We're like, all right, you know, are you going to, you're going to keep talking about how you said you got it? And just nothing. We all just stare at each other and 
you know, like that like giggling feeling that you can't control when you're just like totally mortified. It just came over everybody. The whole class just beating down, staring at us. And that's that. how we met. That was, that's how we met. <laughs> now we have uh, a business together. It was the most, I've never been like, I feel, it felt like it was probably a couple of eyeballs. It felt like a million. So you were, you were doing a presentation together. Yeah. yeah. You could call it that. Got it. Got it. And Matt, you played baseball? Hockey. Hockey. Just I hockey. played baseball and that was my junior year. And I, I, I didn't, I got drafted that year and I wasn't, I didn't end up coming back for my senior year. I, I did later in life, um, graduated. But at that point in my life, I wasn't very concerned about my grades. Well, <laughs> you and like every other kid in the world at some points, at least in time. Yeah. But it probably all depended on if a parent cared about their grades. Because if you left it up to the kid to care about the grades, it's probably few and far between. <laughs> I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Did totally. you guys think that you were going on to be athletes? Is that part of it? Yeah, that was it for me. I knew I was going to get drafted that year, and I, I had a pretty good understanding that I wasn't going to come back to school for my senior year right away. So, you know, it was, like I said, it, was, it wasn't, it definitely number, wasn't number one on my list, but it probably wasn't number two, three, four, or five either in terms of priorities. <laughs> so then what was it about? Because, like, that was, co that was college, right? Yeah. And yep. then, you know, BEAM is only – Three or four years? How many? How many years has Beam been around? Three. Really, just about two and a half coming up on three. Coming up on three. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm I'm not judging, but you guys didn't just get out of college. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Guys, but so like, what happened? What happened in college during this presentation that y'all connected on that then led to starting Beam? Was there something? that was it? Did it have to do with? Um, supplementation and experimentation within sports as it went along? Did you stay connected? Did you um, traveling brotherhood of the pants or something? I mean, <laughs> how did you guys stay? Connected? It was kind of just serendipitous. Um, we didn't keep in touch at all. When Kevin left, I, we both played professionally for a little bit. Um, wound up out of sports sooner than we were hoping because of injuries. And we just crossed paths in an apartment building in Boston that we just wound up and bumped into each other at the elevator and then Seriously? kevin and i just have yeah well, i actually had this crazy story my wife and i we lived in austin she's my uh, girlfriend at the time then fiance we moved to, back to boston and we were gone for a long week and i won't bore you with the details of the story i got a call like on a sunday afternoon that was like hey um there's two feet of standing water in your 10 your 10 uh on the, in the apartment on your 10th floor we had all of our crap was ruined. We had to move out of the apartment immediately. And I moved into that building where Matt was in the seaport. Um, if that didn't happen, we probably wouldn't be here either. Yeah, that was a serendipity of it. Yeah. And then we just love all things wellness. And we started working out together. And yeah, and I totally want to ask about that. Because um, you both, I mean, Matt, you're more into CrossFit and lifting. And Kevin, you're a little more like endurance and cardio stuff. We did we did connect on the CrossFit stuff in the very beginning, um, for sure. In telling me that story, I've, I've had a lot of thoughts about this where the universe just kind of sends you signs all the time, right? And if we pay attention, they're there. Um, and I do think that people stay in our path that are meant to be there. And sometimes there's these near misses where you see them or where you don't see them, but you're at the same place, same time. Like maybe you could have had the story where you were in, you lived in the same building. You didn't even know it, but 
I don't know. Something tells me that this kind of was always meant to be because, you know, you had this random presentation in college. You didn't even stay in touch. All of a sudden you see, see each other in the elevator. And, and so maybe it wasn't a conscious synchronistic event, or maybe it was, I mean, how did you, what, what happened when you saw each other after so long of not staying connected that, uh, what, what did you do when you saw each other? When I visited Egypt, I was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents. I returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer a reference to the inner eye chakra, one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination, a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12-ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voyantbydanica.com. I think the first thing we did, you were training for an Ironman with Brooke, and we worked out together. Um, That's a great story, too, actually. Yeah, we were, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was training, Brooke and I were training for, what was it? Uh, Your wife. Ironman month. Yeah, my wife yeah. Brooke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for Ironman Montremblant, uh, because this was probably like what 2015? Yeah. and um, we went deep in a very hard training block where you're doing like I don't know a lot of a lot of hours of cardio on a weekly basis. And one of the workouts, I'm sure you've probably done a fart lick, Danica, where you're doing five. Have you done those before? Yeah, yeah five fourth a fart lick. Um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting name. It's, it's, I don't uh, fart. I'm a girl. It's actually it's it's Swedish for speed play. So it's like a five minute effort at like X pace, two minutes easy. Four minute effort at Y pace, two minutes a little bit harder, harder, harder. The effort gets shorter but harder. I mean, um, I've done structures like that, but I haven't. Yeah. So you haven't called it a fart lick though. No, I just called it interval training. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had a big fart like coming up and uh, we, Matt was like, Hey, I'll join you on this workout. And I remember being like, dude, I don't know. With love and respect. I don't know if this is one you want to just like hop in on. If you're a big runner. Was he as buff as he is now? Totally. Oh yeah. Oh. I mean, not, maybe, maybe not quite as big as he is now. I hadn't gotten into CrossFit yet. So I wasn't, he was, he wasn't in marathon. He didn't look like a marathon runner. We'll call him yeah. that. Um, so he joined me. He hung on for, for like 90% of it. Yeah. We'll say. Um, I remember I got back and Brooke and I were like, damn. That was like, what a, what a savage. That was like, you know, you have to be a freak to be able to, to deal with that. And I couldn't do anything for about a month after that. <laughs> and impromptu fart like to yeah. your knees. But I think that like cemented, like, I think Matt and I like, you know, a, a startup is really hard. You know, there's, you just spend your whole day, your every week and, and moment of your day getting kicked in the teeth. And I think like that kind of, for me, it was like a good indication of like, all right, this person has like that either has one or is missing that extra chromosome to be able to do like this, like this craziness, you know? Yeah. There's always been something just like the bond, I guess, through working out with someone or training, like, even in hockey, like some of my best relationships have come through the guys, you know, I do extra workouts with, or we, we go do some extra stuff with them with Kevin. I think that's kind of your point, like why we, you know, we connected back and like, what was it that all of a sudden 
you know, we have other close friends, right? We start a company with them. Um, we love them all dearly too, but I think there's something probably just like that shared experience of suffering yeah. together. I think for athletics too, when people stop playing, like I think professional sports to an extent, like they, they, they get, uh, maybe less discipline or less, uh, focus. I would say like for both of us, like, I think there's maybe some unfinished business to an extent. So I think, um, like our vision got tighter and like our discipline got tighter and more focused. And I think that led to, to this. I mean, hmm. um, yeah. Why do you think that is that your vision became more focused? Well, well, I know for me, I, you know, I had a lot of injuries. I blew out my knee. I had Tommy John's surgery. I tore my rotator cuff in my labor room, my shoulder. I had pretty much every injury a, a baseball player and a pitcher could have. So is that you know, what you I, were a pitcher? You were a pitcher? Yeah. Yeah. It was a closing pitcher. Um, so I look back at it, you know, when I got drafted, I was expecting to play for a lot of years and for that to be like my life and my identity and all the things that are associated with that. And how fast um, did you pitch? What was your, how, how fast? Oh, I could, I could get up into the high nineties. Wow. throw pretty hard. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I don't know about today, but I, I was, uh, back in the day I could. And I think like I always associated with like that being who I was, and what my identity was going to be. And it got to an extent, I would say taken away from me from no fault of my own. I did worked as hard as anybody. And, um, you know, the bounces just didn't happen the way they were supposed to. So I think like on the other side of that, I just felt like, you know, maybe I need to go get, I don't know, do my own thing or I need to like somehow make up for that. Um, make up for two that. things that I could control. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know if make up for it's the right way, work the right word, but do something to kind of like redeem that experience or what I felt got like got taken away from me. Could also be, especially because of the sustainability of this effort that you experienced young through college yeah. beyond until now, uh, is that it's maybe it wasn't so much of a of a of a make up for it as much as a redirect it because yeah. it's always there. So it was like, what do I do with this drive? This purpose this need to be successful and excel and where can i put that energy now yeah and i went through like a, a period of time so after baseball i worked for a big tech company for about five or six years and i went through a period of time where like life was fulfilling and exciting right but it wasn't like didn't ha- it didn't like have that like all on the line feeling like you have as a close mm-hmm. picture and you do as an entrepreneur so I was, I was happy. I was very fulfilled, but I wasn't, I was like miscast in a way. What about you, Matt? Did you, I mean, what ended, what, what, why did you stop hockey? And then, and then, and what were the feelings around that? Because anytime we lose something, I mean, this is speaking to everyone where there's like big transitions and things that you become very attached to and things that are, you know, you, you, you have this vision, whether it's a job or a place you live or relationships, like we get this imagination for what it's going to be. And then when it's not, there's a, there's a breakup, there's a dissolving, there's a, there's a, there's a big shift. So how did that go for you? It was hard at first. So I, I had a really bad concussion in my last year playing. I played in the minors for a few years and got whacked in the head pretty hard and realized I had probably more concussions than I was aware of or acknowledged at the time. Um, <laughs> and I think what you just said made a lot of sense, Danica, too. Just like I, I had a lot of work ethic and drive and ambition and passion. And then for me, it was always so easy. I could go shoot pucks. I could get on the ice. I could work out and I could just do it all day long. It was very easy to to fulfill that all the passion work ethic and all that stuff it's easy for me to do that in a physical sense and then I think the hardest part one of the hard things that I just had to transition was like how do I use my my brain essentially like the way I was able to use my body it was really easy again just to put in hours and hours of practice 
what does that look like as an entrepreneur? It's a lot of just like sitting there and thinking, reading, listening to podcasts, networking, picking people's brains, learning from other entrepreneurs and businesses. That was, it was hard to figure out how to use my, my brain muscle, I guess. And then the other thing was just, you know, I wanted to play in the NHL. I didn't quite get there. I had a successful collegiate career. Um, and you know, a lot of it was understanding, like, why would I actually want to play in the NHL and kind of unpacking that a little bit and realizing I can still, I realize I can achieve all of those things and more now as an entrepreneur. And it wasn't so much about the actual game of hockey. It was, it lit me up. I was passionate about it. I could create a certain lifestyle from it. I loved what I did. I loved the process of it. Once I realized entrepreneurship could give me that, that then I sort of was able to move on from hockey and, you know, find other things that I could sink my time into. That being what? What did you get from that being hockey that you realized you could get from being an entrepreneur doing something else? Just the lifestyle that I want to create. Um, one of the things is just financial freedom. You can do that in hockey, obviously, do as an entrepreneur. Um, hockey gave me a sense of fulfillment and just passion. I love the process of being a hockey player. I equally, or if not more now, love the process of an entrepreneur, like what it is to start a company and hopefully have a successful ending to it and everything in between that. Um, there's a lot of parallels the way I correlate it that I could just, it just really is like the process and the journey of trying to achieve and accomplish something. It's kind of just like a never ending, like constantly trying to get better. And I didn't find that. So when I first stopped playing, I worked in at a financial firm and I didn't find that like sort of in the corporate role. I didn't find sort of that fulfillment, that passion where, you know, I could feel the same emotions and gratification from that. Yeah. You must, like, yeah you must feel the, yeah. the same thing to an extent. I don't know what you're talking about. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got to do my sport. I got to do my sport for 27 years. So, yeah. you know, I think that, and it was my decision to be done. And so I do think that there's a difference. It doesn't mean that there's not still a reorientation of what it is that your purpose is um, <clears throat> and what keeps you fulfilled. I definitely realized that what I loved about racing was getting outside of my comfort zone and pushing that all the time. I thought I hated it. I actually thought that I was kind of scared and I was, I was, I'm a, such a methodical driver that I would, I wasn't the kind of driver who would just get in and go flat through one and two first lap. And, you know, I'm just making up words and make sense to anyone that was a race car driver, but I didn't have that over overachieving, you know, could end in tragedy kind of mentality. I was very methodical. So I thought that the the danger and the challenge, it wasn't the danger, it was the challenge. It was like the 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 discomfort. I, I thought the discomfort was something I didn't like that I just had to kind of butt up against. But when I finished racing, I realized that it's the discomfort that I really seek. And um, so now I've found myself doing things like, you know, learning how to do everything from like skiing and snowboarding to wake surfing to, you know, bungee jumping and jumping out of helicopters and skydiving. I've re and, and, and even just doing interviews or, you know, whatever else. Um, I've realized that I, I'd like to do things that get me uncomfortable. So um, was there something that you similarly realized about what you were doing um, before versus what you're doing, what you led into that you realized that you loved about it so much? Like for me, it was that discomfort. I liked pushing it. Did you, were you able to isolate some aspect of it that, that you, that you really loved? I think it was, um, you know, we just talked about this at our BM retreat. Lloyd asked, this is a deep question, but he asked, what's the, we did a, like a couple hour long thing with the whole team. And the last prompt in the question was, uh, what is the purpose of life? Um, what's your purpose of Great life? Great question. Just, I'd love for you guys to answer that. <laughs> well, what, what I'm, 
you know, I thought about it for like 15 minutes and I kind of settled on, I, I think, well, first of all, I think it changes over the course of your life as you become a different person. Um, right. And I think there's a difference between the purpose of life and your purpose of life. Exactly. Um, hearing you talk about after racing in you and also myself, I think it's not the discomfort that I would necessarily be seeking, but I think it's like the way that I answered that question was maximize my potential. Mm. And I think, you know, it's not, you know, you obviously, you clearly did that in racing, but there are other areas in your life that you'd want to maximize, whether it was skydiving or interviewing or whatever it is. I feel like um, for me with baseball, maybe that was the unfinished business. That's why I started doing Ironmans, which is like, I have no business doing Ironmans, a two and a half mile swim, 112 mile bike, and then a marathon. But I knew, I didn't know why I wanted to do that. But when I connect the dots looking backwards, I think it's because I wanted to maximize my potential. Mm-hmm. When I look at this journey and how hard this has been, you really would have to be insane to to want to do this willingly this is not very fun what we're doing to be honest um but what i I think i hope on the other side of it is and what i know i'm doing on a daily basis is like maximizing my my potential everywhere i can um Mm. so i think that's what the purpose is for Mm. for me now Mm. maybe the last question maybe at the end we'll ask what you know your purpose of life is but go ahead something that you you recognized yeah, yeah, it was always um, just to inspire the journeys of others. It's something that's always just gotten me excited and motivated me. I think partly I've just always had a little bit of an underdog story through sports and even, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and things that we're doing at Beam and, you know, dealing with challenging times, you know, building Beam now, like wanting to leverage that. So that not just if you want to be an athlete or an entrepreneur, but like, like you said, Danica, like everyone can relate to overcoming adversity and challenges and things like that and mm-hmm. it's always helped me just to keep focus on charging ahead just uh if my story my journey of how i'm approaching life or business personal etc could be helpful to someone else um i think that to me that's that's always popped out as something that's really important and that was definitely in my mind as a hockey player was you know i want my career to be inspiring to a young hockey player's career now just more broadly speaking just like the overall journey so, Kevin, you alluded to the fact that what you're doing now with Beam and starting a company is in no way really fun. Um, and if anybody probably knew how hard it was, they wouldn't sign up for it, right? Um, uh, so, what I mean, what surprised you? Because I think there's such a there's such an at least almost call it like an American dream to like start a company and you know have your own freedoms, not only from a from a physical standpoint of where you go and what you do but financially so what what shocked the shit out of you about running a company that you're like wow i didn't see this coming oh my god how long do you have there are so many things um (laughs) high points maybe something kind of early on maybe even just kind of like there's probably been phases or sort of spans of time where there's been a new thing that's cropped up. So like what, what are like sort of like beginning intermediate and current sort of like, Oh my God, yeah. I, I had no idea I was going to have to deal with this. Uh, this isn't more of a, this isn't a deal with, but something that's like always been kind of hit me and shockingly in a good way is how inspiring and humbling is that people, you know, this is Matt and I's idea and clearly we have an affinity to it that no one can really understand that other people are coming here and like willing to, to be, um kind of vote with their careers and their salary and their own life and have like this to believe it so much and have so much conviction around it it's like shocking to me that now there's you know 20-ish people that believe that same way it's always been kind of an interesting thing for me it's like humbling and inspiring but also like to an extent shocking um that they have so much conviction you know i'm sure you feel the same way yeah 
So does that um, feel like a weight then? Because that's not necessarily oh, yeah. like a challenge yeah. other than the fact that, that, that it might come from a responsibility standpoint of like, wow, they've sacrificed. I hope this works. I want to make totally. sure that they, you know, are made whole in the end or, or are totally. happy to be here. Totally. I think we, Matt and I have like such an intense obligation to make this successful for, um, I'd say equally our investors who have voted on us with their dollars and with their pocketbooks, you being one of them. Um, I have this reoccurring dream where I'm at a barbecue and beams failed and all of our investors are there. And uh, I have to go one by one and tell them all that we lost their money. So that's, that's been a fun one. Um, well, I think as an entrepreneur, you want to live like on a healthy level of paranoia and optimism. That's definitely the paranoid side, but also for the team, I feel like we, like I feel, and I know you feel the same way, like an extremely intense obligation to make this successful and have this be not only the most financially rewarding, you know, part of their career, but also we, we tell everybody when we hire them that we want you to come to beam and for this, for you to get over some fear that you have, or, you know, to leave a better person. And if we do one without the other, it's a failure too. So mm. we both definitely feel that really intense obligation in a lot of ways to people that work at the company. I think it's just by design um, too. Like it's a very intense environment by design. We have very big goals and ambitions. And I just think when I was at BC, I was very, it was, I was lucky to play. We were a really good hockey program. We won two national championships. We played and won my freshman year and lost. And, but every year we played BC, the expectation was you were a national championship. And like with that comes really high expectations and we're not messing around and, and we're not here to, you know, screw around. And, I think we've created that culture of beam that we're here to win a championship. It means something a little bit different. There's not an actual trophy at the end of it, but with that expectation just comes really high pressure and really big expectations that um, I would say it's not hard to start a business. It's hard. I think for what we've created in our goals that I think that's, what's hard. Anyone can start a business and just the process of doing that. And, and that doesn't take a whole lot. Um, it's like when you're with a group of people and you're really trying to push your limits and reach your potential, like you were talking about, that's when it, that's when it's like, it's actually not that fun when you really look at it. It might look fun from the surface and you look at social and like we sign new partners and we do these things, we launch new products and the packaging looks good, but behind the scenes, it's just insanely stressful. And I just correlate that back when I was in college, just like those years we won the championship we're trying to, um, like every living, breathing thing you do is geared towards winning that championship. And if you don't, you, you feel horrible, even if you had a pretty good season, but you don't get to the end, it, it doesn't feel good. So yeah, it's similar to sports. You know, this too, Danica, like I, in my athletic, you, you sacrifice a lot as an entrepreneur. You did it. You, I did when I was playing sports too. There were a lot of weddings and my life was very different um, because I chose that path and you, yours very much the same. And starting a beam is the same thing. You just, you have to sacrifice things that you, ultimately a lot of people don't want to sacrifice. Mm. What do you feel like it's um, taken from each of you to get to where you're at as far as like a person and, and, and the personality um, and having employees and, and building a company, because I think that's a, probably a big part of going from just starting it and being like, Hey, bud, you want to do this? Yeah, sure. Let's do this. And then, you know, it's just the two of you, but now all of a sudden you have employees and people and balance and you got to get, how do you get the best out of everyone? So I, I think that's hard. I, what have you, what have you realized this is really important to getting the most out of people? Because obviously that's something that you're doing to grow at the rate you're growing. There's a lot in that. Um, there's so many like micro details is like how to work with and manage people and try to do that. But I think 
that almost sounds like you're asking it from like a spiritual standpoint. What did, what did we, I feel like my answer, I feel like is almost like my, like our souls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, you like giving your, and I think like with the people, like it's empathy people. It sounds like, I think we are very intense by nature and we push like super hard, probably too hard at times and break people to an extent. Um, but I think just like being empathetic and understanding when people are broken, everybody's saying this to you the other day, everybody's gone, has gone through just like uh, us included have gone through things in their life that are just traumatic and just shape you as a person. And I think where everybody is today, there's like a, a version of whatever that they have going on in their life. So I think it just made me just, I used to be a lot less empathetic than I was before being now hearing all these stories, all the people that have worked, that worked for the company. It's just, everybody's going through something and it's hard and, um they're just doing the best to get through it um yeah so i think just kind of like meeting them in that place is helpful well i mean mental health is like topic number one these days when it comes to pushing and pushing to an elite level whether it's in sports totally. which we've seen so much lately or uh in business and so um what are your feelings around that how do you how do you create an environment that that allows for people to um, open up or allows people to, uh, you know, be their best or, you know, days off okay or mental health days okay? Or is it a matter of like having regular meetings with people? And, you know, we've talked about this before, but that vulnerability equating yeah. relatability and how, you know, there's a lot of projections that happen out there with people that are dealing with things. I mean, I've done it like everyone is guilty of doing that where we have things going on and then somebody, somebody says something you're like, what, what did you say? You know, like you're short because they have no, you have no idea what battles they're facing. So mm -hmm. how do you create an environment where it's safe to safe, to be honest, and also encourages that communication because there's so much ar around the concept of community being one of the most healthy things that we, the one of the most healthy things we can do for ourselves is community and community includes, I think a lot of communication. I think one of the is we just try to lead by example, mm -hmm. um, especially from a, a vulnerability standpoint, I think Kevin and I are vulnerable with the team. So it opens the door for them to be vulnerable back to us. Um, and then I would say just a really simplistic thing is we have monthly check-ins with everybody in the team, sometimes bi-weekly. We're always just very accessible and we always just talk to everybody, but it, we just ask. And I think we ask in a pretty sincere way, you know, how are you doing that in Beam's world? But like, how are you doing personally? What's going on in your world and what's going on in life? And I think because we've been vulnerable to the team before and we continue to encourage just open direct communication that people feel comfortable to share. Um, so it's really just become the exercise of just practicing, asking questions and asking people about how they're doing personally. I think over time too, we, you, people, you build trust with how you, how you act in certain moments. So to Matt's point, I think like when we have an opportunity to build that trust with someone and say the right thing or do the right thing or be vulnerable back, we, we historically do it. It takes people different, you know, times to get there with each of us. It, um, but I think it's just, just showing it. Um, yeah. And just being human back. Well, how do you guys do it then? Because, you know, it always starts at the top. Like you said, it's like demonstrating by example. So I'm sure you're not going to someone that works for you and going, <sighs> and breaking down and crying. Like, I had a horrible night and, you know, <laughs> whatever's going on. I'm not saying it would be a bad thing. I, I'm not saying that. I just think that's probably not how you go about it. So what do you do? Like for the people out there that are listening that 
um, are the bosses or are in charge of groups? Like, what is the process that you have to encourage mental health and allow yourself to sort of reach some level of balance and homeostasis so that you can have the endurance to keep going because the startup world is mad. And I mean, being uber elitely successful at anything is pretty mad, but I know that from a startup world, it's it's all on your shoulders, not only from the workload, but from the responsibility standpoint of all the investors and the employees. So what the heck do you guys do? One of our values is people first. Um, we always use the phrase too, happy, healthy, whole. And I guess this is, this is more related to being, but like one thing that we do is we prioritize people's health and wellness. We have a health stipend where people can buy a Peloton or they can use that towards a subscription to something wellness related. Mm. We have a, we don't have a vacation policy, meaning there's no fixed amount of days that you can take off. We just encourage you to take it as needed. So if you need to take a mental health day or you need to take a day off or two weeks off, we, we really encourage people to prioritize their health and wellness. Um, and then I think just more broadly, I think we share, we share about our lives with everybody. We build yeah. personal relationships just for, for more of like a human standpoint. That's probably more relatable to everyone is just, we're just human. We don't try to come off as perfect people because we're the founders. We are very raw and real with people, our own personal lives and stories. And, and we also acknowledge like we're not perfect. We make dumb decisions and, mm-hmm. you know, we admit to that and we're just human. Mm. Yeah, no, say the same thing. I don't think we 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 I think we we don't try to be anything that we're not. Um, I would also say like we're probably the worst ones on the team with having balance in our lives. So um, just being that just, we don't lead by example. No, that we don't lead by example. But also just like you know acknowledging it in front of the team and saying, hey, you guys need to be better than us because we really suck at this. Like we look at um, the things we're going through in our lives. Like we need to be better ourselves. Um, so I, I think it's I don't know how else to say it. Just like leading by example and just. Um, I think when we have the opportunity to, to give someone that vulnerability back, we generally take it. And then you guys recently just took your first like group trip um, because again, you guys are only a couple of years old and, you know, at the beginning, I'm sure it was just you. So it's only been in more recent time that you actually have, you know, what, 20 people or so, how many people? 20 yeah. So yeah. you guys had your first, what, what do you want to call it? A retreat? Yeah. Beam team retreat, I think was yeah. the... <laughs> how did that go oh it's great it was a lot of what you just said i think it gave us the opportunity to connect with people in person look them in the eye and, and have a lot of those conversations so i think the the covid era uh made it more difficult and is making it more difficult for people to open up and do exactly what we've just been talking about so yeah. meeting with some of these people in person was definitely an opportunity to get to know people more and to really understand um what makes them tick and how we can really motivate them and what's exciting for them because a lot of people it's not money it's not you know there's a lot of things that make people tick that you wouldn't expect uh, so it's um you know fulfillment or um a better sense of self there's so many different things that are out there that people want to get from this that to me like i just never expected in the beginning and really kind of like diving down to the core of what it is is helpful and helps to create an environment and put them in, in places within the company to, to, to allow them to do that to get that fulfillment if someone was thinking about starting a company, what would you tell them based on a few years of experience now and being in the deep end? Honestly, it's hard to answer because there's so much stuff. Um, well, one thing I would say is if, if don't just do it because you think you should. If you really be thoughtful about it and if you have like a burning itch inside you, which I know I didn't include you to too, Matt, like it's not going to go away, so you should itch it. But, you had a burning um, itch. 
Yeah, well, I had it burning at you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you have something burning inside of you, 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 sh- you, should, you should put it out. <laughs> it's not going to go away. I would just say, like, I think one of the things I can't imagine doing this without Kevin from the very beginning, like there's sometimes there's solo founders and it can work and there's been companies where you've seen it work, but um, it's really, really, really hard. And having someone... It's not even so much just to have someone to just so you can do more and get more done. It's really just for like the moments when things get really tough and challenging. You have someone who really understands what you go through because sharing with your friends and family just isn't that helpful because they're not sitting in the seat with you and can quite understand the emotion and the drain and the challenges of it all. And I think that's one thing I probably pulled away from this is like have a really good co-founder or partner that you can or two um, that you can. Yeah. can do it with one it's more fun and two it is like you need people to lean on and you need it's just so much more and show values to that person yeah 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 i would say like have a, have a shared sense of values with that person too um also last thing i would say on that is trust your intuition and your own opinion um because no one knows your business better than you do and i think there's been so many times where there's been things we've done and like in our gut it's like we should do it this way and Sometimes we've, I think we've gotten more, we've gotten better at trusting our gut, but there's just something to be said about like the founders of a business. They just have like some intuition that, um, I know people just don't understand sometimes mm-hmm. So to, to trust that and listen to that. Maybe one of the fundamental questions that I know I'm getting to kind of late here, but why CBD? Like how, how did this become the thing? So it's funny, like when we reconnected and you, you know, what made our bond strong, we, Gosh, we were talking about doing something together for a few years. It wasn't just like we stumbled upon CBD. Oh, let's go do this together. Um, we spent years. We wanted to start a trash company. We're going to, there was a handful of things. Usually wellness related trash is the only one that was kind of an outlier. Um, oh, trash is important. Have you smelled trash it when it's been around too long? Oh, yeah. It's critical. A lot of it, yeah. Critical. <laughs> um, Recycling and wellness for our planet, Mother Earth. Exactly. Yeah, it's important. Um, we were training for the Boston Marathon in 2018 make it quick started reading about cbd where it's just as confused as anybody as to what the heck it was how did it work does it get you high um really skeptical of it didn't really trust the products we saw in the market wound up trying a few different products some we found pretty profound benefits with our own health benefits and then we just started to look at the space and read about the trends and where the kind of wellness market was going and we just saw a huge category that was just completely untouched, which is we always just talk about this space of athletics and active lifestyle that we've focused beam into. And no one was really bringing CBD into the masses or really into more of like a mainstream supplement. And we just saw an opportunity to pioneer beam as, you know, to be a really friendly consumer friendly product that or company that brought something like CBD to you, but didn't really make it drug like or medicinal or, you know, all the misconceptions around it. We kind of, we thought of ourselves as pioneers in the early days. Cause I've tried CBD stuff before and I think there's also hemp is another sort of version. Um, that, that was what you could more commonly get in grocery stores or stores <laughs> or CBD. I don't even know. Can you sell CBD everywhere? That's, that's also a loaded question. Um, right. so, not, not really. Yeah. So, and, and there's just a lot of stuff that you don't notice. Like it doesn't really, you're like, Hmm. It's kind of like taking a multivitamin. You're like, does it work? I don't know. <laughs> um, but but from the very beginning, when I got product to try, I was like, wow, this stuff works. Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Like there's there's multiple different types of really, actually this will resonate with you better than anybody, Danica. Um, 
I was there's... like, you went to cars. I was just dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, there's, there's really great uh, cars in the world. There's really great CBD in the world, right? Um, all the way down to, I don't know, what would be the worst you know, car you can think of. We probably shouldn't say that out loud. There's, yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you can't ever say the bad stuff. You can only <laughs> exactly um, cars that you just wouldn't want. <laughs> there's cars that, yeah, that, that I wouldn't want to drive. Um, yeah. You know, that CBD is in the market too. Um, we source the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis and we've had an uncompromising um, focus on quality, which leads to really efficacious, great products. And we do that not just with the CBD that's in the product, but also the L-theanine, the magnesium, the melatonin, the reefy, all the other ingredients that are in there to create a synergistic effect. We have a pretty um, process that we go through on our side with our, with our team just down to whatever, you know, card and ingredient you might, you know, the, the CBD you might find in 7-Eleven, right? Um, it's a different thing. Um, you can get both, you can get both cars in, in the market. You can get both types of CBD and ultimately it's up to the consumer to um, figure out what kind of car they want to drive and what so one they want to pay for. It's just more expensive. No, it's not necessarily more expensive. It's, it's growing to different, um, it's growing to, you know, it's, it's, it's higher quality. You know, what's the difference between a burger at McDonald's and a piece of grass-fed beef? You know, how do you find them then? A lot of, I always say a lot of bad conversations. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of, uh, we're usually pretty tight lip about just our manufacturing process. Cause we've really have gone to steps to find who our partners are and to put them through sort of our ringer of quality assurance and everything. So, you know, it's visiting facilities. It's understanding all the nuts and bolts that go into that. Um, we have Max and our team who really speaks that lingo really well. So we, he goes well beyond, you know, our knowledge in terms of like check, you know, in terms of like the machinery, the operations, how they do stuff, GMP certified, all that thing, all those things. So yeah, there's a lot, but we realized that we're in a high skepticism, low trust space right off the bat. Like to your point, I've tried products that haven't, that haven't worked for me. So yeah, we realized that in the beginning. So it's like, how can, what, what can we do to combat that? It's like, have the highest quality products, have the most stringent process behind the scenes and, yeah. um, you know, work candidly work with people like you and other great athletes. Um, that put a, leg- you know, a legitimate stamp on the brand. And what is a nano CBD versus like a CBD oil or CBD like in powder? That's a good question. Form? Yeah, so nano just refers to nano emulsification technology. So essentially we're, all we do is we break down the particles in the oil into even smaller pieces or particles so that it's more bioavailable into your body. Um, so there are other people who use nanotechnology across all supplements. Um, but even within that, there's also varying degrees to actually what that particle size is. And um, in our category, we've we've found someone who takes it to a whole different particle size than, again, just like the mainstream technology. We like small, small particles. Yeah. That must be part of why it works so well. Uh, good. I'm happy for the nano. The other part, <laughs> of it, and I remember years ago, which would have just been the beginning, but early on, it was about taking the product and, and also adding in other things. You mentioned reishi and magnesium and L-thionine and all kinds of different things. And so melatonin, you, you name it, you, you've looked into the adaptogen, other, other, other natural products to, to put with it. Who, where did that idea come from? I was so excited to talk to you guys about that because that's something that I had implemented in my regimen from, ever forever ago i mean i probably 2000 and 
I don't even know, 14 or 15, I started taking adaptogens. And so I was super stoked about that. And their benefits are great. I mean, I, I just finally watched Fanta Fantastic Fungi. And it's an amazing, amazing doc. Um, but you know, one of the highlights was him grabbing a huge chunk of reishi and talking about, you know, the benefits of it and how powerful of a mushroom it is and stories in there about, you know, how, you know, certain turkey tails cured his mother or was at least a part of curing his mother from breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, uh, where did that come from? The idea to add well, other- Before I want to ask, what, what do you think? What percentage of Americans, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just curious what you think, know what adaptogens are. I, I mean, I think it's a growing number, but I'm not sure that it's like, you know, I, I think they'd be like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. What is it? I think I'm like sub 20%. So my listeners know what the heck it is. Now. I think they do. I think, I, I mean, I've talked about enough wellness. I think if you're seeking health and wellness and you're listening, then you probably have heard of it, but I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of middle America that doesn't, yeah, totally. you know, that doesn't really think there's a reason to eat organic or to have grass fed or to um, take any kind of supplementation of anything. And so I, I think there's, there's probably those people too. Um, but, but I, I think that it's, it's only through these kinds of conversations that people start to get educated and learn the benefits. And so, you know, you take something that's incredibly powerful. I mean, your, your solve, I feel like I always say that wrong. It's solve, right? Oh, we're, we're still fighting internally about that. I call it solve, a Slav, Slav, whatever. <laughs> The, the, the topical formula that I use all the time, um, there's no other supplements in that other than basically whatever it takes for it to slide on the skin. Um, so there's no extra adaptogens or other supplements in there and it works magically. So the CBD works magically, but now you pile on top of that, all these other things that are, you know, have so much, so much history, thousands of years of history of being used, uh, in cultures, as well as now the science behind it. Well, I think we've just, everything we've done, we've always tried to take a simplistic approach and it can be really hard to do that, especially in the world of CBD and things that are very confusing to people. Um, we just realize that people are looking for benefits and function, not so much like, oh, I just want to take CBD. And there's a like, well, why do you want to use CBD? And CBD has many things that it can help with, but we started to realize like what those key benefits or those key use cases that people were looking for. And so sleep as an example, we said, okay, why don't we just make a great sleep product? And so we're all things that contribute to a great night's sleep, whether it's falling asleep, staying asleep, waking up refreshed. That's how dream came to be. And, it, and then naming a dream is also really simplistic versus just, listing a bunch of ingredients on it and confusing people more. I think, you know, some of that came from, you know, you go to Air One or Whole Foods and you look at the adaptogen shelf and there's tons of them and they just kind of say the name of the adaptogen. They don't give much of a description as to what it is and why to use it. And kind of, you know, Kevin, you mentioned earlier, just like the intuition. I don't think we're the only people that have ever made a functional supplement before originated the idea, but I think one of our things that's served as well as just our intuition around simplicity and understanding human needs really just around benefits and function not so much well i just want to take research i just want to take cbd and just the idea like really what are the main needs that people have in their lives to stay happy healthy whole and what are those products that we can create and that <laughs> has allegedly like what's the best stack then for that that product but i think we also understood how cbd worked and what it's doing it's it's basically bringing your endocannabinoid system back into balance for homeostasis so endocannabinoid system right so it's the receptors no? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So C B D receptors, which is why we can okay. take you can take, you know, you can this have is why we love you. marijuana and get high because you have the receptor. 
That's, that's why we love you because you, that's why we love you because you already know all this. You already know how all this works. Um, <laughs> so CBD has the exact same receptors. It's cannabinoid, and I'll, I'll give the, the trivialized version of it is that it connects the receptors in your own body and brings your body back into balance, which ultimately helps with you know stress, anxiety, sleep, your knee feel better. Um, but to Matt's point, you know that that's great. But how can we surround that experience with something that helps you relax, like reefer, L-theanine, or magnesium or a hormone for sleep like melatonin how can those things all be connected and create a more synergistic effect so for us the, the story didn't necessarily stop with just cbd i think there's a lot of consumer confusion like i said high skepticism low trust on this one ingredient that can do all of these things right. which it can do it is profound but um for us we didn't want to really build the story around that one ingredient it was how can we take all these things that create this benefit mm -hmm. of sleep or recovery or uh, energy and tie them all to, to this one. Yeah. Well, because now it's led to the electrolytes and to the, yeah. and to hydration, which, you know, I remember that conversation a while back too. And, um, <laughs> you know, you can kind of continue that storyline of like, these are things that help you with, you know, recovering with energy, with, with whatever it is that you're doing that you need a boost for. And totally. regularly, cause I remembered, I normally wouldn't take them just on a regular basis unless I felt like I needed them. But I remember last year when I moved back to Arizona, I was so tired. I got so tired. It was right around labor day and I was going to Lake Powell with a friend and she picked me up and I remember I just like was going downhill that day and we went to Horseshoe Bend and it was 120 out and I was like okay cool and they went out on the boat on Lake Powell when they got there and I said I'm just gonna stay back in the room and this is around like hyper like even more than right now paranoia around COVID. And so um, I said, I'll just stay back in the room. And I thought, I'm not sick, but I'm so tired. And the next day I went out on the boat, but I drank a ton of water and I didn't go to the bathroom much. And I was like, huh. And finally, the day after that, I felt better. And I was like, holy shit, I was dehydrated. Like, I forgot <laughs> how I forgot how easy it is to get dehydrated in Arizona with, cause I was working out outside in the garage in hundred degree weather and it's dry out here. And so since I've come back, cause I was, I got out of Arizona for as much time as I possibly could because of the heat. Now that I'm back, I'm like, I'm going to take one every day because there's a lot of science behind electrolytes too. And just how, you know, hydration is one thing, but the actual like cellular communication, like the network inside the body needs the electro lights to connect and to really like feed the cells and feed the body with the water and absorb it. So I've been taking them every day. That's awesome. Love to hear it. It's hydration similar to CB in a way like it, hydration to some effect is keeping your body in balance. Like, you know, your brain function, your energy, all those things are definitely linked or affected from, you know, lack of hydration or being properly hydrated. So what do you guys do? I mean, cause you guys are both big workout people. Obviously we talk about sports. We talk about, you know, silly Ironmans where you do more than a marathon, which I'm training for a marathon. And I'm like, you did what? Um, I think you have an Ironman in you. Uh, I, my mind has an Iron Man in me, but I mean, your body does yeah. too. Your body does too. My Brooke, you also talked about to Brooke about it. My wife Brooke about it. Okay, um, okay, not yeah. my sister. Yeah, I will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna give me, give me some advice on on Boston because that's coming up. <laughs> but um, but what do you guys do? And Matt, I mean, if anybody follows you on social media, they're like, wow, that bar is literally bending when you pick it up, and it's over. <laughs> How does he answer that? 
I mean, right, he just laughs and goes like, down. you just kind of go like he's that. Just like, <laughs> just be like, I mean, don't worry. We can see your muscles for those who are actually watching. Like we see your muscles as you lean forward. There's like, you know, your shirt's like. You should see it's his just, quads right now. It's, it's outrageous. <laughs> I'm looking at it. It's just. Um, <laughs> I think we're embarrassing. Got, this is fun. Yeah, you're, it's good. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's fun. I just got into CrossFit. We pretty much we started Beam because we got into the CrossFit community. It was really our first space that we started with Beam and. That's why I started doing CrossFit. Kevin and dragging me to a couple of classes before that, but I never did it. I would just, I don't know, do a couple of workouts on my own, do some of my hockey training, maybe go to a couple of classes. And then we got into running. Kevin got me into running. And then the sure is, thank you for yeah, everything. You um, exactly. And then I got into CrossFit just a couple of years ago. And that's been my running, running in CrossFit, but I skew more running or CrossFit. And Kevin skews more running and endurance. But I started following a program that some of the athletes you work with do. and probably a little too intensely, but. Well, you look like you've been doing it forever. You probably should compete. Uh, in another life. <laughs> he doesn't have any more time. What do you do from a diet standpoint? Are you super regimented or how do we, um, how, do, how does, how does the someone out there that wants to be super buff with low body fat like you um, achieve that? Just pray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all it takes? Jeez. <laughs> That's part of it. Part of I gotta it. go. Guys, then, I gotta um, pray. <laughs> um, very, very rarely don't eat breakfast. So I, I usually will have um, a huge thing of water in the morning with some electrolytes. I have a packet of greens and then I have uh, coffee with collagen and MCT oil and, you know, some type of ghee or grass fed butter in it. And then I don't eat lunch. Well, once in a while I have breakfast and I enjoy it, but I really don't eat anything until, you know, 12, one, two o'clock. And then I drink a ton of water um, and then when I, when I'm in like a healthy focus. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of vegetables. I, I try different diets. I messed around. Like I've tried a vegan diet. I've tried a paleo diet. I think primarily I just try to avoid things that are processed. Um, but I'm not afraid to have pizza and things that I enjoy as well. So I'm probably like 80, 85% strict and then 10 to 15%. I just, I like to enjoy food too. What do you like? I, to don't, cheat on? I don't drink a lot of alcohol. I like I like very... to cheat on alcohol and I love wine. Mm. Yeah, I would be more like pizza and dessert would be my my areas where I really let loose. <laughs> so you can throw dessert back. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was sweet too. No real secrets there. <laughs> that's not, that does sound like a secret. I mean, I mean, at least it sounds like a method. I mean, I think that's kind of what people are always looking for is what is it that gets you there? And, um, you know, once you survey enough, then you come up with yeah. a comment nominator. And I feel like, especially for men, um, skipping breakfast. And so look, I look at it like, Hey, you just reduced your calories. Hi, you just didn't eat breakfast. Got it. Yeah. Um, and it probably doesn't mean that you gorge at lunch because you didn't eat breakfast, you know? So there's yeah. a reduction in calories, but I think there's probably also, it's also, you know, there's some, there's a lot of science behind, um, fasting and but i do think it works really well well for men do you do the same thing kevin or do you i, I um i do some time restricted eating stuff too my wife brooke actually doesn't do well with it she hates it for some I reason it. um it, it, it makes her i think i think they're hormonally there's some differences obviously between men and women i think that that's yeah. that's part of it on the women's side but she she feels awful when she does it um i go through i go through spurts with it um I've been, I, we've been kind of living in the middle of Connecticut for a little bit, uh, in the middle of nowhere. And I've been doing a ton of road cycling, got like a couple, sometimes 150, 200 miles a week. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what's, what I want to be, what I should be eating. I'm getting a little too, uh, skinny. 
I'm a work in progress. I'm working on it. Um, and then we're going to move back to Boston and I'm going to stop writing. So I'll have, I'll have to figure out again. But definitely, I'd say that in, uh, similar to Matt, time restricted eating, I think, is you cannot eat before. I've noticed if I can stop eating at 8 p.m., I sleep better. I feel better in the morning. Um, and then I, if I can last like, past noon in the morning or, you know, in, into the afternoon, I feel a lot better. It's fine. You don't need to eat as much food as you totally. think. Like you, and I feel lean. I have, you know, that, like that, that lean feeling, like when you just feel a little bit tighter. I feel. I kind of, and I like working out when I haven't eaten yet either. Especially on the weekends. Um, yeah, and then you train. Really? Really? And even I just, I literally, that's why I was a few minutes late getting on the call. I was meeting with my functional medicine doctor and I told her that I, I don't, it doesn't happen to me like midday after like evening, especially evening, but in the morning I wake up starving and, um, she's like, so what she suggested to me was eat like a tablespoon or two of nut butter before you go to bed yeah. to try and help kind of stabilize. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to do that because number one, I love nut butter, but then number two, I get to eat something, which is fun. Um, and so, yeah, this whole mind game that I've been playing with myself, I went around and round about being vegan or eating less meat. Um, and I did that for a while to no pleasure avail. Um, same. I was the same. I was the same way. And I could not like, there's nothing that makes me feel better than having a grass fed steak and vegetables. Like, I, I don't know what it is in my protein. DNA. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I love high fat proteins. I love fat. Period. I want to not, I want to hate, I want to hate meat, but I can't. <laughs> well, and it's like, you know, I know the whole argument about, you know, you, you have animals and so you love the animals yeah. yet you pay for someone to kill it so you can eat it. And it's like, I get it. But there yeah. is also a lot of science behind the thought that part of like our, our growth and our brain and how our, we've evolved has to do with eating meat. And, um, and I can't argue with how I feel, which means, which is I feel way better when I eat meat and so, um, or animal protein. So do you follow a certain kind of diet? Um, not at different times in my life. I'd say like at different seasons in my life, I do. This isn't one of them. Um, honestly, like it, it's, and I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm definitely like a lot of, I don't eat any fried food or, you know, for the conventional diet, I probably yeah. have a much better diet than a lot of people, but I'm not doing like paleo. I'm trying not to eat very much in the morning to that, to that point. I think I feel best then, but some are so tough too, especially with everything you have going on traveling and all that. I'm trying to be a little bit more, um, I'm probably talking about empathy. I'm trying to be a little bit more self-empathetic to like my stress and everything else I have going on. And I don't need to add an additional layer of insanity which at times in my life I have certainly added that layer of insanity that didn't need to be there I was been thinking about sacrifice and so I'm, I'm kind of curious like what's the biggest sacrifice you make for health and then what's mm. the biggest sacrifice that you have had to make for the growth aka health of beam <clears throat> there's definitely there's someone watching who knows how to read body language because you both sat there and looked to the left, <laughs> left. I can't tell I look left yeah you both look left and went like that. I'm sure there's some part of your brain being accessed. We're searching the depths of our brain. There's not much to search for. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of the, I'm trying to answer the beam one first. Has there been a compromise within beam that you've felt like you've had to make, or maybe there hasn't? Not from a product standpoint. When I when I think of that question, I just I guess I just think like personally, like in our Same, personal lives, I hear it personally. we've just given up a lot. It just requires a lot of sacrifice, like leadership. You know, it's a great one of the episodes from Michael Jordan's. Uh, last stands documentary he just he just says like leadership has a price and winning has a price and you know you just have to, sometimes you have to get up people's butts and sometimes you have to pull people along and 
it's not always fun in games and it's really hard. And I think that's, I guess, like the sacrifice is like you're signing up for something. It's not just like this mm-hmm. sunshine and balloons journey. It is this constant up and down, up and down. And um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into that. I don't know if I can make this any bigger, but just constant worry. It's just the worry is just like nonstop on everything in the business, whether it's like, you know, we need to close another round of funding and, you know, cash is running low or someone on the team quit or someone on the team uh, is having a family issue or there's an ingredient on a product that shouldn't be there and it tastes like crap. So we need to re- have it remade or um, it's just like nonstop constant worrying that just never goes away. Um, and it's uh, with that you and you say like, well, why would you, why do you put yourself through that if that's what it's like? Um, and I think we endure that because of we're confident in what we're building and what we're doing. Because on the other side of that is like, you know, we just had our team retreat and just like building these relationships and like we're, you know, building stronger connections with people on the team and like that part of the process and the journey and doing stuff with people you love yeah. that all mm. outweighs all of like those dark valleys that you go into, I think as yeah. founders. Um, so it was, it was not fun as you make it sound at the same time. Um, you and en- that's the sacrifices that you endure those things, the constant stress and worrying and dealing with people and you know, whatever to then enjoy like building something hopefully yeah. great with people who enjoy doing stuff with because life yeah. is short. You pay for it though. Like, I've, I've paid for that worry with my physical and mental health. Like, I feel yeah. like yeah. And there's times, and you know, we talked about you know, Carter's talked about this too, you know, being tired, and all of us, it's just like you get to a point where you're just like you can't worry anymore and you, you need to take a break, yeah. and it's just um. It's hard to describe. It's hard to say to, to like to put words to it, but it's uh, yeah. There, hopefully, there's something good on the other end of it. Yeah, you just take on the weight. You're like, hey, look, here we yeah. go. I'm gonna carry this. Um, totally. It's yeah. Constant, and, it's a constant yeah. drain. Um, okay. From a from a from a lifestyle standpoint, like, do you you know you you don't eat cake? Like, what do you do to optimize your health the most from a fitness or a nutritional standpoint? What's your sacrifice? I do more yoga. I love yoga, but I end up doing more yoga than I want to because you don't get enough, like you don't get more, you don't get a lot of bang for your buck from yoga from my I perspective. Know. I know. Um, That's why I don't do it most of the time. People think I, I do love it. I don't, I love it, but it's really? just not efficient. Yeah. You just like, I want to feel beat up at the end and I just can't, I feel good, but I feel, I'm happy that I did it, but I'm like, Oh God, I should feel beat up. Like what's going on in our head. That's, that's doing it. Like, I wonder, I want to turn that off. I don't know. Doctor. We need to diagnose. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure you have the same. I'm sure if you're the same way, you have the same feeling. It's just like I, yeah, I, I wish that I could just be content. Being like, oh, I feel so zen. That was a great yoga class. There's my workout. But then I'm like, oh shit, you feel, you 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 should feel bad. Like you you should go work out hard and do something hard. You know what is that? <laughs> I don't. It's, well, a, it's a programming. It's not good. We need to talk to tech support. So I think yoga. I guess it's a kind of a crappy answer, but I think yoga. I guess. Why is that a you? I don't know because I feel like I feel like I do more. I feel like I like I'm sacrificing the really hard work that I wanted. Yeah, yeah, you're sacrificing to do yoga because you know it's good for your mind and body, but yet it doesn't feel like I get it. Mm -hmm. I do that when I'm really tired and I don't want to work out. I do yoga. Same, but then I'll just I'll shut up on after this. But then I do the yoga and I'm like in the yoga. I'm like, okay, this is just like a tired workout. So like I'm just not gonna do yoga hard. I'll just like kind of like sleep and relax. (laughs) I don't get anything out of yoga. It's just a bad mix, but anyways, go ahead. Maybe you should stop doing yoga. Yeah, maybe just yoga, I just quit. <laughs> Sounds like a mental burden. You know, there's a lot that's demanded out of us. I think our mind, our energy, and things like that. So I think for me, I naturally, I don't really gravitate towards like drinking and partying, stuff like that. 
but there are times it's like, you know, not engaging as in as much social stuff, just because I know if I stay up later, if I drink or I'm just not going to feel great in the morning. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, like hockey, it was really easy. Just go show up the gym. I could shoot pucks. I could hop on the ice. Even if I was tired, I could still kind of do that stuff. My brain doesn't operate the same way. I can, sometimes it's not as easy just to push through. So I have to mm-hmm. like protect my brain as if it's, you know, like my muscles from playing hockey or something. So I guess it's, I try, I sacrifice probably being more social and, and doing things like that. Um, I haven't found a girlfriend yet, but I found that, you know, that'll come in time. So I think I probably sacrifice being, putting it. You don't want to be social. I, <laughs> you know, I don't know. He doesn't want to be social. Yeah. So doing it for yeah. you. Exactly. Yeah, I, right. I've been cut out my social life for Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're in the perfect business to have a startup. Okay. Exactly. So say it's all gone well. So now there's no more sacrifices. Everything is gangbusters. The company sells for, you know, the golden billion dollars someday. Um, what do you do? We have a happy, we have, we get a call from you as a happy investor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I'm like, um, I mean, there's going to, the, this isn't about me, but I'll still call. Um, <laughs> so what are you going to do? Like what, what, what would you do with the money? I mean, that would be the fun, fun question. I'm sure there'd be a nice house involved in that and probably a nice vacation of all the people that have been involved in the process. Take, I think we always want to treat people yeah. that have been helpful, supportive and take them out and do something really cool. Like not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, it's funny. Like we always thought, like, I think we would very quickly start our heads would start spinning on what the next thing would be. Um, <laughs> it sounds kind of maybe psychotic to be thinking like that, but, you know, I think it would just be like, what's, what's a bigger and more impactful thing that we can create now? All of the stuff that we've learned through this, like we were really dumb when we started being so, you know, kind of, we still are. We're still a little less dumb now. I, I, I do know that if there was a lot of money involved, like sitting around spending it wouldn't be maximizing my potential. So there'd be yeah. something that I would want to do to, whether it, w- it involved probably, it, it sounds insane, but uh, likely portion it would be putting a lot of that money towards the new thing and having that feeling of like- I was literally going to do this, yeah. roll it in, roll it into something yeah. new. Probably. I think like there's just something to be like all the painful things that we've talked about the last hour about, like that's what, that's the beautiful thing about it too. Like that's what makes it so fulfilling and like gratifying. It's like you have something on the line and there's that, um, it's not, the, to, to be honest, the longer this goes, like the, the outcome of like a, a lot of money isn't overly exciting. Like it's, it's a means to an end, of course, to be able to have things that you want in life. But like the money, I don't, I think it's like the, like you're chasing like the feeling of like, ha- like having your potential fulfilled. And I think I'd want that again. Um, yeah, it's like the next challenge. Yeah, it's really hard to like. That's I think after baseball, why I started doing Ironmans, and it's just like there's just a reason. Like I wasn't doing Ironmans because I was good at them. I was doing because like I needed to like cover the challenge, and then you find the next thing. And so I think I'd spend the money on some cool stuff, but ultimately that I don't think that would really be that exciting. Well, um, that's why successful people roll into the next successful thing. So I was going to ask if there's like things on your mind that you're, you're curious and spinning about like, Ooh, we could start a company around this, but that's for another episode. That's for another day. Um, for now, beam is killing it. And I'm super grateful to be in the program and to test stuff and be an investor and help tell people how great it is. So, um, Anybody that tries Grateful it loves it. That's you. all I know. All I know is that everyone that tries it loves it. So thank you. Yeah, you believe in us for, in, for a long time. Um, yeah. You know, the more successful the company is to an extent, the easier it is to believe in us as time goes by. So it's been a while and you, uh, 
you you voted uh, very early on, and I don't think we'll ever forget that. So appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.